0: We're coming to you live today from Portland, Oregon, for Episode 3 of the Animal House Podcast. Welcome to the Animal House Podcast, I'm your host, Jay Nicole Smith. We are a movement of like-minded rebels who believe businesses win by building brands and success is defined by personal freedom. Join us if you dare as we go behind the scenes each week with marketing trendsetters and iconic brands who embody our Animal House philosophy. Welcome to Animal House. Thank you so much for stopping by. I am in Portland right now. I am here because I'm speaking at the Women in the Pet Industry Conference. And I'm super excited. It hasn't started yet. Today is the first day. I'm really excited to meet all these women. And there's an award show for Women of the Year, all this great stuff going on. So if you haven't checked out Women in the Pet Industry, definitely check it out, Whip in. But the episode we have for you today is... Really an interesting one, I think, because we are speaking with Carol, who is the president of Humane Society Silicon Valley. And you might not know Carol, but you probably know the project that we're going to talk about today, which was an extremely viral video featuring Eric and Petey and HSSV, Humane Society Silicon Valley. This was part of a marketing campaign that they created called Mutual Rescue, which I think is something many, many, many of us can relate to. And I'm not going to give away too much of what went into it or behind the scenes or or why yet, because I'll let Carol tell tell that story in a minute. But what I did want to say is that I think this is a tremendous, tremendous example of storytelling and how instead of coming up with the objective that you want to accomplish in your marketing and then saying exactly that and pushing it, forcing it out into the world, taking a moment to think about the emotional resonance of what you're trying to do and build and be and say, and taking the time to build a story and to tell it in a very compelling way. If you want to download the show notes from today and also my presentation from the Women in the Pet Industry Conference, which features Carol and the story about mutual rescue, then visit workingwithdog.com slash podcast and check out episode three. But for now, let's get to know Carol, and let's get to know Eric and Petey, and let's dig into how we can tell really compelling stories for ourselves in our brands. Let's get started. Okay, Pepiners, thank you for joining me today. I am really excited to share with you kind of a behind the scenes of something you've probably seen going around the internet, an incredibly viral video that's gone around but with a much, much bigger and deeper message. So today I've got with me Carol Novello, the president of Humane Society Silicon Valley, and we're going to discuss uh, the mutual rescue campaign and particularly the video that I think you've probably all seen with Eric and Petey, a beautiful video about a man who adopted a dog and it changed his life. So thank you, Carol, for joining me. Really appreciate it.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, Nicole. I'm delighted to be here.
0: So let's start with talking a little briefly about the work that you do at Humane Society Silicon Valley and how this whole mutual rescue project came about. Yeah.
1: So Humane Society Silicon Valley is the single largest privately funded animal rescue organization in the Silicon Valley area. And I joined the organization uh, about five and a half years ago. I actually came out of high tech. And one of the things that was interesting to me when I made the transition is that people would ask me why I was choosing to help animals when I could be helping people. And I thought that was an interesting question because, to me, I knew that by helping animals, we were helping people. And as we continue to do our work over the years, I would also run into people who would say, oh my gosh, I feel so guilty writing a check for the animals when there's so many people that need help. And... Eventually, got to the point where I'm like, you know, I I think we really need to start changing the conversation around this. And I put together a presentation called "Why Helping Animals Helps People," and I started just doing it kind of locally in the community. And one of the stories that I included in that was actually uh, a before and after picture of Eric from Eric and PD, and he had sent us those pictures a couple years ago because he'd adopted PD from Humane Society Silicon Valley. So. And I saw those pictures and knew of his story, and I was like, wow, this is just such a great example of, of how animals are helping people. So that was kind of all going on in the background, but I knew I was still, it still wasn't getting you know more broadly distributed. And so we had a board member who joined, um, joined our board, and she made an introduction to a man by the name of David Whitman, who is the executive producer for the Tech Awards, for the Tech Museum. Where they celebrate technology benefiting humanity, and David really wanted to do something with animals. And so we sat down and had a conversation and tossed around a bunch of ideas. I said, "Wow, you know this guy is a creative genius." And I shared with him this idea around why helping animals helps people." And I said, "You know, David, you take your creative genius, make it magical <laughs> <laughs> and and he came back and he's he's actually the person that coined the phrase mutual rescue and said we need to be inviting people to share their stories about how they rescued an animal and how that animal rescued them and let's get advocate creative who are the filmmakers for the tech award let's see if we can get them interested in working with us we'll have people submit their stories and then we'll make these short films and So we all got on board to do that, and we decided we were going to put out the call for people to submit their mutual rescue stories on Valentine's Day. And so this all started, David and I had a conversation maybe last August. We finally decided in November what we were going to do, got everybody on board, and then we were going to put out this call in February. And we realized partway as we were putting this together, it was like, you know what? We need to be making a film now because we need to show people why they want to submit their story in the first place. And I said, gosh, Eric and, you know, Eric and Petey. Uh, we had actually interested uh, O Magazine in their story back in November. So there was a, a print version of his story in, in O Magazine. And I said, you know, if O Magazine picks up that story, I'm not the only one that thinks it's really good. So let's do that. So that's how we ended up making the film. And then it just, it was pretty amazing. We launched it on, on February 14th. And through Humane Society Silicon Valley's social media, we did about 600,000 views in the first two weeks, and then it kind of started to plateau a little bit. And I was like, "Wow, you know, is that exciting? We should just be happy we got you know 600,000." And then it got posted on SF Gate, and when SF Gate posted it on their Facebook page, it ex- loaded. It did 32 million views on that site alone with over a half a million shares, over 50,000 comments. And then it just got picked up all over the globe. So I think at this point, it's probably been seen close to 40 or 45 million times wow. worldwide. And it's been picked up in Thailand, in Chile, in Denmark, in Australia. And it just, It's really amazing how this message has resonated for folks.
0: That is incredible. (laughs) So when you put this video together, did you have any concept that it could get that kind of reach? Or is that kind of what you were hoping for?
1: It's beyond our wildest dreams. I mean, my goal with the campaign was to change the conversation at a national level from people or animals to people and animals. So that was the goal. We also had a a secondary goal, which is, well, we we had multiple goals. So that was the highest level. Other things that we wanted to accomplish were educating people that local humane societies are not chapters of the Humane Society of the United States. So a lot of people think that. They're all separate entities. They're not related to one another. So I will run into people who will say, oh, hey, you know, I support you guys. And then I have to ask, <laughs> tell me exactly where, where exactly where do you write your check? And they go, HSUS. I'm like, no, you're not supporting us. You know, HSUS is doing great work in advocacy and legislation. And but if you want to be saving the animals in your own community, you need to be supporting the local shelters and the local rescue groups in your own community. And that was something that, You know, it's a subtler message. You you have to go all the way to the end of the movie to to see the the text that tells you that. But, you know, it's important to be able to get that out there because of the $358 billion that was given to charity in the U.S. in 2014, less than 1% went to animal-related causes. Wow. And which is mind-blowing. And people are always surprised by that because you think about there's so many people that love animals, but it does get back to thinking it's kind of a second-class cause. So we wanted to, you know, educate people. If you want to be supporting advocacy, uh, advocacy and legislation, that's great. But if you want to be supporting saving the animals in your own community, make sure you are giving the organizations that are doing that work.
0: Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that is a really surprising statistic. Yeah. And then, of course,
1: the other thing is we wanted people to adopt shelter dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and, and cats, shelter cats, shelter animals. I mean, we actually also have rabbits and, and pocket pets at uh, Humane Studies, Silicon Valley. So really, we want to just raise the awareness of, of adopting and caring for rescue animals. And what's been so wonderful in terms of people's response to the film is, you know, people are going out and adopting dogs from shelters and rescue groups because they saw Eric and Petey. And that's really, that's the biggest reward of all of this, actually.
0: That's amazing. You know, as I sort of teach people marketing, which is kind of what my expertise is, it's, you know, this conversation about the goal is to change or modify behavior, right? So you're usually hoping yeah. for like a click or a share, but to get someone <laughs> to physically go out and adopt a dog based on a video they saw on YouTube is incredible.
1: Yeah, it's it's really pretty, it's pretty amazing. We're, we're really pleased at, at how people are responding to it. And I, you know, it's interesting too, from a marketing perspective, another key thing, when I, Started getting involved in MLF. Again, you know, high tech is a is a lot is a lot different. Yeah. but I remember seeing the ads, the campaign for you know the really sad stuff. I, I, it, you know, the Sarah mclaughlin song. The PCA, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I love her. I love her music, but that particular fundraising campaign so um, heartbreaking. It, I, I think really strong dislike, this taste for it, and a lot of people I know felt that way, and so. The Society of Silicon Valley, we have an anti Sarah McLaughlin School of Marketing, is kind of (laughs) what I say, which is we want to be inspiring people to uh, adopt shelter animals. We want to inspire them to support the cause. And we want them to do it because it fills their heart with joy about the outcome that they're going to be generating. And that's a very different approach. So we're not trying to gloss over, you know, animal abuse and some of the horrific things that happen out there. But that's not what we want to focus on. And if you go to our website or or read our blog, it's funny, it's fun, it's engaging, it's joyful. It's about celebrating what happens when you bring animals and people together and how much they enrich our lives. And, you know, I've even had marketing people say, no, you know, you've got to go with fear, uncertainty and doubt. The old FUD approach to marketing. And I'm like, no, we don't. And I think especially now because there is so much of that out in the marketplace that to have a film like Eric and Petey, people, are they want to be inspired. They want to be reminded of the awe and wonder that can happen in the world. And it's really validating to see how people have responded to that message.
0: I love that you said that. There's a couple of things I want to touch on before I forget. One of them is this idea of going with the positive and not the doom and gloom, one of our first interviews for this podcast was Victoria Stillwell, And she was talking about wrapping your message up in something really positive. So we were talking about a viral video they did that was like a puppy and a kitten that had become best friends through this whole puppy yeah. mill bust that they did. And then throwing the big puppy mill statistics at the end, you know, to like wrap it up. And I think, I think that's so, swar- so smart. We're so yeah. overwhelmed with negative messages, aren't we, that it's so much more it causes so much more of that behavior change to be inspired than to have this negative reinforcement.
1: Exactly. And the other thing that's also interesting is I think that that, that approach to marketing, you know, the doom and gloom thing also created, you know, an attitude in animal rescue that you have to be so protective of the animals. You can't let anybody adopt them. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, and that, it, uh, that is harmful to really I mean that that means that more animals end up getting euthanized because you're not getting them out of shelters fast enough and into home. And so I think you have to have a, a system that is structured to make sure that the the ninety five or ninety-nine percent of the people that come through that are gonna that are gonna be great pet parents are not being filtered out because you're trying to make sure you catch the one percent that's bad. And when I originally came to the Society of Silicon Valley, we had some, some policies in place that, you know, quite honestly, made it hard for people to adopt pets. So we've worked really hard to remove barriers to adoption. We certainly want to make sure an animal is going to be safe. But, you know, things like... Like you know, the six-foot fence. <laughs> yes, it's exactly. Yeah, yes, exactly. It's those kinds of things. And, and it's funny because one of the things that we did is we took our list of requirements and we sat in a room and we asked everybody to stand up and said, and then we went through the list. And you had to sit down if you you know qualified. And at the end of it, no one was standing in the room. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and so, <laughs> wow! It's like, guess what? You know, I think there's some things we can change. So, wow. you know, I'm really excited because we're we're adopting out significantly more animals through a number of different things that we're that we're doing today. But it's just illustrative of how much opportunity we have to think differently and do different do different things. And you know, again, you don't wanna you don't wanna sugarcoat reality, but at the same time, if you're so focused on the negative, you can do a lot more harm than good.
0: Right. So the other thing I wanted to mention was this idea of, of dogs helping people. I have a business in California actually called Dog Is Good that I'm a co-founder of. And um Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. That's awesome. I yeah, love that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a really fun brand. And uh, we started that back in two thousand six and when we started looking for charities to partner with or to support with our designs. I was I had a bit of that conflict as well of like, is it enough to just be sporting animals? Like, I just want to do stuff for dogs, but like, (laughs) what makes that okay, you know? So I was really, I sort of coined that phrase of, I forget exactly what it is, something like dogs helping people helping dogs, or people helping dogs helping people, or something along those lines. And those are the charities that we really focused on, where dogs, you know, prison dogs and courthouse dogs, and dogs where you know, they're providing value back into the world to really emphasize, you know, this is so much bigger than saving a life, although saving the life is enough, you know, that's plenty. But yeah. The knock on effect is so much bigger, which we see, you know, obviously illustrated in in Eric and Petey's story that this is life changing stuff. It didn't just save Petey's life, but Eric's as well, which I think is the message that people find so incredibly powerful. So let's talk a little bit about that as you you obviously had, you know, Eric sent you his story and you could tell that there was an incredible story to tell there that would be very compelling. How did you go about saying, right, we're going to tell this story, we're going to make it into a video? How'd you get from that point to something that is like as viral as viral gets?
1: Yeah, so I think uh, there's a couple of things. As I said, you know, connecting with David Whitman and getting him involved as our creative mind in the process was, was key because... I mean, what is interesting, I think everybody's seen that, you know, who rescues who bumper stickers and that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's not like, and, and, you know, you mentioned having a business where, you know, you coined a phrase about dogs helping people, helping dogs, dogs helping people. But coming up with something so succinct and understandable as mutual rescue, I think, was kind of the first step, which is literally, I think of it not as an initiative at this point, we're actually building it into a brand. And so I think that was one of the, the key distinctions was if we're going to change the conversation, it, it actually needs to be a brand. We have, to, we have to rebrand animal rescue to include a human component. So that was kind of the first thing. And then in terms of telling the stories, you know, the power in video and film is just the fastest way to be able to communicate emotion. Um, you know, we've got a, a wonderful blog at Human I Society Silicon Valley that I love and we've actually had, you know, some of that stuff has gone viral as well, but the power of visual imagery and especially in the case of Eric's story, you know, just visually is very compelling with his physical transformation. So we got, uh, as I mentioned, advocate creative involved and they're, they're just, they're amazing storytellers and they understand the arc of a story. So they interviewed, uh, Main Society Silicon Valley. They wanted to understand kind of what we wanted to accomplish, and so they knew some of our goals. Like you know, we had to make a choice. Like we specifically did not brand this Main Society Silicon Valley. You know, we, we said, "I said Mutual Rescue is is the brand here. It's not uh, our local shelter because we want this to be something that shelters across the country, if not. And as it turns out, one of my first calls was was from Canada." you know, we want shelters all around the world to be able to identify this and be able to say, to be able to use this to speak to their work. And so we had to downplay kind of the local aspect. And again, we wanted to make something that was going to appeal across boundaries. And so to the extent that, you know, Silicon Valley starts to connotate a specific geographical area, so that was a, a, a distinction. Also making sure that a lot of people, when they refer Again, to a, I mean, a lot of people go, the humane society. Well, as soon as you say the humane society, you're just building more brand equity for the humane society of the United States. So instead of using anywhere in the film, the humane society, it was local shelter. And, you know, there was, so there were some very, I mean, there were very subtle but important things around the construct of what we were trying to accomplish with the film. So they understood that piece first and then. They spent time interviewing and talking to Eric to really kind of piece together his story and put together the story arc, you know, which is, you know, where, where's the low point, which is a key aspect, I think, of telling a compelling story, which is the contrast between the bottom uh, of when you just, you know, you just hit, I can't go on anymore and then, and then the transformation. So where's the bottom and then where's the arc that gets you to the transformation? So they're just very, they're just amazing storytellers in terms of understanding that. So they put together, you know, essentially, it, it wasn't a, a physical storyboard, but you know, they outlined the storyboard on on a couple pieces of paper sent to us about okay, you know, how does this how does this flow work? Does this all make sense? And the first storyboard that we saw, there actually wasn't enough about PD in it. It had gone too far over to Eric's story, so that was one of the course corrections that we made. Which is, yeah, we want to be telling the 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 people side of it. We also have to make sure that we're talking about you know, PD was in a pretty bad place himself. You know, we still have to make sure we're getting the point across that PD definitely needed to be rescued, and people understanding what his condition was and how PD was transformed. So that was the things we that was one of the things that we course corrected early on before they even started filming, and then the filming itself, that style in terms of doing the the interview and um, you know cutting over into aspects of people's lives, that's very distinctive with Aperture the Creative. They and do a similar approach with the films that they do for the Tech Award. And so we love that style. And the animation actually came out of Community Society of Silicon Valley has a, uh, we're in the middle of uh, of our own fundraising campaign, specifically, it's called Paint a Better Future. And part of the imagery for the campaign was this idea that the animal is in color and the people, you know, are a sketch. Because what we believe is that when an animal comes into our shelter, we don't know what their future looks like, but we know that they have one, and that's one of the things that inspires us in in our work. is like we like to dream a little bit about what their future might life might look like. So those illustrations, we said we want to carry that element that that element from the branding of our campaign. We want to carry that into the mutual rescue message because we love what it conveys and and the intent we had when we originally decided to have that aspect of the brand for the camp, the Paint a Better Future brand. So those were some of the elements that went into it. And then they went and filmed on site in Spokane. And, you know, they had talked with Eric ahead of time about knowing they wanted to get him running and capturing that aspect of him and, and, you know, talking about the places that they would film in Spokane that would be visually compelling and then you know, there's some really wonderful aerial scenes um, in that film, and those were actually all shot uh, with a drone. So that helped to make it visually compelling. And again, I think they're just really masterful at uh, you know weaving the story together and, and making sure that there you know there, there's some key messages. You know, I think that were that were threaded throughout the film. You know, the opening is just incredibly powerful. Oh,
0: when those Eric first lines about, are crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, you you, you just feel like. When I saw the first rough cut, you know, and you hear those lines for the first time, you know, I'm still here because a shelter dog saved my life. I mean, I say them now and I can feel the tingling in I know, body. I just got
0: goosebumps. <laughs> and,
1: and uh, you know, so boom, I mean, that, that there's, a, there's a hook right at the beginning because you're like, a shelter dog saved your life? Wow, I, I want to know more. So that's the hook that gets you in. And then you hear Eric's story, and then you hear, you know, you get to the bottom, which was him talking about being on the airplane and, you know, being so callously treated by the man sitting next to him regarding his weight that, you know, he hit rock bottom. And so then it's the story of how he climbed out, of that and made the decision, and how Petey changed his life. And, you know, and then the ending, again, I think is just so powerful by, you know, asking that question, did I rescue him or did he rescue me? And, uh, and of course, you know, the
0: answer is, is both more goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. That is so powerful. I love what you said ab- at the beginning about choosing to brand the message instead of your business. And that's one of those things yeah. I talk to a lot with people about because they're so obsessed with putting their logo on everything they do. And it's, you know, because we're told brand recognition and you got to get, but, What you've done is so powerful by making the message so universal and making it for everyone. Obviously, you're going to benefit from this, but so can other people. And I think that's incredibly generous and smart. I think that's an incredibly smart marketing choice to make that, to brand the message, the mutual rescue message, instead of the Humane Society Silicon Valley.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, if you you want to change the conversation at the national level, you have to create a national brand. And, you know, and so that, that was part of, it's part of what our intent is, is, is we, we want to change, I mean, this is bold, but we want to ch- change the face of animal rescue because it's not a second-class cause. And I think people in their hearts have known that, but there hasn't been anything that has, has expressed it in a way that could legitimize it for people. And now it's legitimate, you know, and if someone says, well, why are you helping animals? they can go, go watch Eric and Petey.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really powerful. And it's interesting because when I, when I teach marketing, I define marketing as a conversation. So to talk about changing the conversation is a really powerful sort of connection there to the fact that this is a two way street and there's a the way to get more animals adopted out is to change the conversation about, about why and how that process happens rather than just trying to focus on you know, how many ads can we get out into our local zip codes? And, you know, I think that's a really, a really interesting and and creative approach to solving the problems that you must have as the president of Humane Society Silicon Valley. Yeah, it's interesting,
1: too. I mean, you mentioned about kind of, you know, like wanting to have your logo everywhere. I mean, we're working on a Mutual Rescue logo right now. But, you know, when we launched that film, there was no logo. Um,
0: there is <laughs> because, a hashtag, though. You've got that up there, which is probably do, enough. Yeah, I have the
1: hashtag, yeah. <laughs> But it's interesting because a brand is so much more than a logo. Yes. You know, a logo is a logo and a brand is emotionally compelling. And that is a huge distinction because a logo or a name by itself is not necessarily going to create emotional appeal or be emotionally inspiring. And that is actually what When you can touch people's hearts and they have an association in their hearts with with your brand, that is really powerful.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad you said that. That's a a huge message that I'm an advocate of. As people are trying to build businesses and brands, that it is you know it's about that building an emotional connection, building a relationship, and then a logo. For example, is just one piece, and the other bit of that that I think is great is you know we often have, especially as female entrepreneurs, we often have this great skill of getting ready to get ready to get ready. You know, like, well, when my logo's done, then I can do it. But I love that you guys just, you just went out there. You said, actually, we need to have this video now. It wasn't a part of your original strategy, but you realized it had to be done and you just did it without waiting for the logo or getting caught up in all this bureaucracy about getting all these, you know, permissions or whatever. You just did it. And I think, imagine if you hadn't.
1: Yeah. And I, I think the thing that's fascinating is, I mean, all of those things, like, still need to happen and need to get done, and I honestly, I thought, you know, so the the bigger picture here for Mutual Rescue is, again, you know, people are submitting their stories, and in fact, the deadline is April 30th for people to submit stories at mutualrescue.org, and we'll be reviewing all those stories. We'll be making four more films um, that will then get released, and so I actually was thinking, oh, you know, we'll get some interest, we'll get some stories, but, you know, the, it, it, that gives me six months at least to get all these other things in place because when we release the next war film, like that's when the wave will hit because all these films will be up And so it all <laughs> hit, and I was like, oh my gosh, I was completely, I mean, literally, this is a high class problem. I will, I will, take it any, day, any day of the week. But we were completely unprepared for, you know, the onslaught. But that's what you want. And quite honestly, you know, this may possibly be one of the single best proof of concept pilot ever yeah. um, in the context of, you know, do we really have something here? And, you know, again, like I, I honestly would have been thrilled if the film had been seen a hundred thousand times. So for it to be seen, you know, over 40 million times worldwide, I go, we have a brand here. We have something that people are really resonating with. And, that makes it much easier to you know find additional funding to do additional films and additional work and get people further involved in it so you you can spend a lot of time getting ready and planning and doing all that, and there certainly is you know an important you know i I believe in in planning and getting ready, but at the same time, you can spend a lot of time doing that, and if your assumptions or something is off, you've wasted a lot of time and the single thing you need to learn very, very quickly is. Does an idea or a concept, does not have legs and how do you course correct by getting feedback from the market about whether or not you're hitting the mark or not? And that's one of the things about getting out there sooner rather than later is super important because you need the feedback. You cannot create this stuff in a vacuum and you've got to get feedback. And that's, I think, one of the most critical elements of, of, of what we did. And then, of course, recognizing that we're asking people to submit stories, but why should they? I mean you know, in terms of getting the word out there and the reach, um, we needed to give people a reason why they wanted to submit their story. They needed to see the quality of the film that could be told if they were selected.
0: And, you know, I think there's probably that element of wanting to um, wanting to help and wanting to help other people find the transformation or the, the rescue that they found themselves. And so if they can see how well the story is being told and see how well it's been received worldwide, it definitely yeah. becomes a really compelling thing to want to participate in, doesn't it?
1: Exactly. Well, and what's fascinating is so many people, especially on the SFGate Facebook post, mm. started telling their starting their their started to tell their stories there. And people literally were coming back to see the comments from Eric and Petey because still, there was, I mean, literally, there were 50, over 50,000 comments on that single Facebook post alone. And I think at some point, I don't know where it is now, but at some point we looked at, the all-time most viral films on Facebook. And I think last time you looked, Eric and Petey was number nine. Wow. And and it was really funny. The night of, um, so it got picked up by, um, Eric and Petey got picked up by NPR, I don't know, sometime during the, the presidential debate debates. on And on NPR's homepage, there was like a little picture of the presidential candidate's at the top of the page. And then this gigantic picture of the, one of the illustrations from Eric and Petey sitting right below it. So like I have this shot and we're like, Petey Trump's
0: Trump. Um, (laughs) I love that. I love that. So that was
1: really fun. And I
0: love this whole conversation around branding as well, because now when I'm teaching people about creating a brand and it's a really hard thing to kind of understand if you've never done it or seen it done is this idea of starting with, with the why. And now to every, to the entire world, it's so clear what your why is. It almost doesn't, not to downplay it, but it almost doesn't matter what your logo is because what you're selling is the why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You've made that, you've done the journey the right way where you've, you've already created and sold the brand. Now you just have to give it some visual packaging.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And it's interesting too, like David and I were having a discussion around, you know, does it need a tagline? And it's kind of like, actually, I don't think we do mutual rescue is the brand and the tagline because it explains itself
0: so good so i'd love based on all of this incredible experience that you have and your expertise if you would just give a couple of tips maybe about for entrepreneurs out there who are trying to tell a story or trying to build a brand or trying to get a message out there that they think is really important any tips on where they could maybe start to try and try and come up with some ideas that maybe (laughs) I mean, Eric and Petey is a pretty high bar, <laughs> but something, places to kind of start, places to look for, for their own inspiration or to tell their own stories. Well, I think,
1: you know, it always gets back to what is the problem that you're trying to solve and really being clear on that because that kind of guides the framework around which you will, where you'll be looking for other pieces of information to help you create a brand or tell the story. So if you get back to what was the problem that I was originally trying to solve, it was that, you know, people didn't believe that animal welfare was a worthy cause and they didn't understand how helping animals helped people. So that getting super clear on the problem and then also, you know, having additional goals such as educating people that local humane societies are not chapters of the Humane Society of the United States and that we want it shelter dogs and shelter cats and any shelter or rescue animals to be worthy of being welcomed into people's homes. So you have to actually get while while a brand may be emotional, you have to have an underlying concept around the business problem that you are trying to solve. Because a lot of times what I see people do is they they're running around trying to do, you know, PR or marketing, but it's not clear in their minds the problem that they're trying to solve and so therefore all those things get scattered and they're not cohesive. So that's e. And then the second thing is once you've gotten super clear on the more objective aspect, then the question is where does emotion come into play and where's the pain in the problem? And so how do you identify Something where it will it will touch people because they will recognize that, and so you want to be listening. You want to be listening to your customers, and you want to be hearing how is your product or service really making a difference in their lives. And I mean, you know, essentially, if you if you take it out of this realm of of Eric and Petey and just you know it, it t- it take a very you know business like uh, uh, you know PD was a product, and I'm not trying to minimize them being, but you know, in a business sense, it, it was like, can he solve a problem for Eric? And so you may not have something as you know emotionally compelling as you know Eric's transformation, Eric PD, but there is some pain that your product or service is relieving your customers. And to identify that and be able to tell the story about that particular pain point and how your product or service has relieved that pain point. And, you know, at the, at the very least, created a sense of relief and, you know, oh, thank goodness, that's what you're trying to tell. So you're just trying to tell a, an emotional representation of how your product or service has affected, if not transformed, someone's life because they've chosen to use your product or service.
0: Yeah, and I love the way you've described that, too, because those things are not going to be obvious to people who are watching this video necessarily, that there was a fundamental problem to be solved here and that there was a conversation that was being driven. And I think we have a tendency to be very, very literal. You know, we want to yeah. point out the the features instead of the benefits, right? We want to describe why you want to buy the thing. Whereas all you have to do is take your video camera and tell someone else's story and, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and it really does get back, I mean, stories... I mean, there's so much conversation going on around stories these days, but that's what people remember. That's what people are drawn to. And it does get back to how do you create emotional appeal? And that's what you're, you know, when people have a, a that's what creates word of mouth. That's what makes people loyal to your brand and your product. It's not, you know, I think a lot of times they have a tendency to think about these things as a very logical an objective way, but it's how do people actually really feel about your product or service? And I don't know that especially in business when we're you know you can be so objective and and really have your head in the mix all the time it's It's a very artful combination of head and heart to make your your business appealing to people in a way that they have a strong positive emotional association with you as well as the fact that you're objectively you know, getting something done for them and there's you know, some kind of a transaction involved.
0: That's fabulous. Thank you. So tell us where we can find Humane Society of Silicon Valley and the Mutual Rescue Project online. Yes, absolutely.
1: So we have our website, uh, mutualrescue.org. If you haven't seen the Eric and Petey film, you could go there to see that. You can also see we've got a fabulous panel of judges who are going to be selecting the next stories that are going to be filmed. So, and then you can just learn more about the Mutual Rescue Initiative. Again, that's mutualrescue.org. You can learn more about Humane Society Silicon Valley at hssv.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Humane Society Silicon Valley, Mutual Rescue. Uh, we're both on Facebook, so we'd love for folks to visit us, come follow us on Facebook as well, and there'll be more wonderful stories. Uh, we're really we've gotten we've gotten over 300 submissions so far, and some really amazing and compelling stories. So people can look forward to seeing more films. Fabulous, and if and actually also if you want to find out. Um, if you go to mutualrescue.org, you can sign up to be um, on our email list, and we, that way we can let you know what's going on with the initiative and when the next films will be coming out. So I encourage people to go to mutualrescue.org and, and sign up.
0: Brilliant. And do you think this is going to be a project that's going to be kind of an annual thing, or kind of repeated? If people miss this entry, do you think there'll be a chance in the future to? Oh, absolutely.
1: Sign up? Yeah, we'll absolutely be doing a, a call again in the future, um, and
0: you know we think it will hopefully continue to generate more excitement.
1: And yes, absolutely. So another you know great reason for for people to get on our list so they can be uh, sure to know when we open the cycle up again for submissions of more stories
0: brilliant thank you so much for joining us today carol really appreciate all your insights oh it's my pleasure Nicole and of course for championing this campaign and and helping (laughs) change the conversation that's fabulous thank you yeah my pleasure cheers I hope you found carol's story as interesting and as inspiring as I did When I saw the Eric and Petey video making its rounds around the internet, I knew I had to get in touch with whoever made it and was responsible for it because I think it is an act of pure genius. Speaking of genius, in two days' time, at the Women in the Pet Industry Conference, which I'm at now in Portland, I'm going to be speaking on the topic of finding your creative genius and five ways to make it pay. And if you are interested in that topic, I actually use Carol as an example in my discussion about creative genius, so it's tied into everything you've just listened to. If you want to see that presentation and learn more about it, you can go to workingwithdog.com W-I-P-I-N. That's workingwithdog.com slash WIPIN, W-I-P-I-N. And there, um, I'll be uploading slides for those uh, people who are in the audience at this event that I'm speaking at, and for you. As a little reward for taking the time to listen to this podcast, there's some really practical, actionable stuff in there about how you can dig out your own creative genius and not settle for ordinary, take it to extraordinary instead. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Stickture or somewhere else, the Animal House podcast lives on workingwithdog.com slash podcast. And this is episode three, if you wanted to see the show notes. Otherwise, we hope to see you back next week for episode four with Lorian from pet hub and she's actually here at this conference as well i just hung out with her last night and she has some really really awesome insights to share with us about starting a tech pet brand and all the trials and tribulations that come along with a semi-virtual company and marketing out in the digital space so we'll see you next week and until then have a great day